Welcome to the Dogs Are the Best Friends podcast. I'm Emily, and my best buddy, Flynn, is here too. Our guest today is Brian, who has four dogs of his own at home, and he gets to work with a bunch of dogs during the day. You'll learn why in just a minute. I also have, after his interview, a little segment where I share with you how to teach your dog, look at me. And I thought this would be a great time to teach it or start teaching it so that you're ready for the holidays and the pictures that you take. Thanks to that command, I have a wonderful picture that I will always treasure of Morgan and Maisie sitting next to Santa Claus looking at the camera. And hey, while you're here, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so that you hear our upcoming episodes, but also leave a review so that other crazy for the canine lovers can find this podcast. Thanks. Here's our episode. Brian, if you could share about your dogs, you have four dogs, which when you four. said that, I was like, wow, I think about my one and how much work that is. But tell us about your four dogs, your four fur babies. Well, it's, it's uh, they're all different, of course. Um, we've got everything from a 90-pound pit lab mix to a little nine-pound chihuahua, who knows, mix. <laughs> you know? Wow. I, I'd say she's chihuahua, papillon, and part Satan because she is the biggest <laughs> troublemaker out of the family. <laughs> Um, that's great. <laughs> then we've got a beagle and we've got a little retriever mix. Um, wow. probably the most interesting of the four, the stories about how we got them, uh, would probably be the retriever mix. Um, my son was stationed up in North Carolina and a friend of his, uh, that he worked with, um, had a little farm outside of Fayetteville and make a long story short. Uh, he told my son about this little dog that they'd seen hanging out with the coyotes. Whoa. And they noticed that the coyotes were starting to come out of the woods at sundown. And so one night when my son and his buddy got out of surgery, um, he mentioned that his wife was calling and calling. Well, lo and behold, the coyotes did get into the chicken coop. And the wife said, I shot the first coyote. The rest of them scattered except one. And I was about to shoot it. And then I realized it wasn't a coyote. It was that little gold dog that we'd seen oh my gosh. Um, hanging out with, our, you know, with the coyotes. Long story short, we brought the, co- we, the coyote. We brought her home with us. Uh, oh. My son knew that we'd be suckers for her. And when we went up to visit, we came back home with an extra dog. And she was terrified of people. Wow. And um, the trip back was just a nightmare for her. It was so tough on her. Um, we do- brought her straight to the vet, of course, and the vet said that, and you could tell that she had just recently had a litter, and the vet said, yeah, she probably had at least one, maybe two litters with the coyotes, um, because it was that recent, and they'd seen her for over a month or two with the coyotes, okay. and um, it was just kind of a mission to make her into a dog again, Right. and she was, I was the first person that she trusted. And, um, which was good because I had the most time available, of course, with what I do to spend with her. Mm -hmm. Um, and she went from being completely terrified of people and hiding under the couch or the bed every time someone came to the door or a family member came over. Um, and I brought her to work with me every day and I took her, I always tell people to bring your dogs to the retail places that allow pets, you know some of the big box hardware stores, you know, they're very, very welcoming to pets as, as well as service dogs. So true. And I just, yeah, yeah just give, give them the chance to get exposure. And um, it took a couple of years uh, to get her to the point. And people that have not 
seen me for a while and they come into town and they see her and they're like, is this the same dog? She wow. came right up to me, you know? Yeah. So, Huge I mean, that nice. taught me a lot. Yeah. 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 That, that taught me a great deal because we have clients that either call or come in and they have dogs with issues, you know, mm-hmm. and, and they want to talk about training. And I'm saying, well, let's back up for a minute. What, what are you looking for? And they talk about things. I'm like, well, you, your dog doesn't really need training. It just needs to be socialized. Right. And well, our dog's gotten kicked out of other daycares, you know, because she's not social. She growls, she barks. I'm like, she's scared to death. Let's give her a chance. And so fortunately we're small enough that we can set up an appointment for them to bring the dog in and work with it on an individual basis. Nice. And just take the time. And I call it baby steps, you know, and slowly integrate, you know, first of course I've got the dog, the dog has to gain, I've, got to gain the dog's trust rather. And once I gain the dog's trust as a human, then I'm right there with them to introduce them to new dogs and new people. And, you know, I call it turning a dog back into a dog, you know? Um, And it's everything that, and there's no magic to it. People are like, Oh my God, how did you do that? I've never thought my dog would be like this. I'm like, there's no magic. Despite what people may tell you, there's no magic to it. It's just patience, love, and time. Absolutely. You know, and I learned all that from my dog, Gigi, which, you know, came from the woods with the coyotes, who is now a dog that, you know, when I do take her out, we'll walk right up to a stranger and just sit down by them and, you know, get loved on and, you know, accept all that. And that's what a dog deserves to have in their life, you know? So it's real important to me personally and to all the people that, you know, are part of our team, you know, I teach them that and they realize how important it is when a dog does come in, you know, that we help that dog, not just say, don't have time for this dog. You know, he's too much trouble. We've got other dogs to take care of, you know? And so, you know, we set time aside to make sure that we do that with the dogs that need, they're just like kids. Some, some kids need extra care and extra time. Some just jump right in there and take off, you know, yeah, uh, independently, so you know, yeah. so, and, you know, when it, you think about it, it's just basically building their confidence and their trust and, and building off of that. Yeah. So. so you must feel really connected to her because she's, you're the first person that she trusted. And um, what an interesting story. Do you know about how old she was when she came into your life? Um, it's hard to say the because her teeth are so bad because of the way she lived, you know, and oh. often that's how the best age their age. True. Um, but they figured she was probably four or five. Okay. And, right. you know, in that area, they figured she was probably a hunting dog that either someone dumped or, you know, they just didn't bother. And I hear those horror stories where at the end of hunting season, hunters will just leave their dogs in the woods and leave them to fend for themselves. It's, you know, if they're not the greatest hunting dog in the world, it's, you know, it's crazy, but you know, we got lucky having her come into our lives, you know. Yeah. With Gigi, what do you feel like she's brought to your family and to your world? Because she literally had such a wild upbringing. At least part of her life was quite wild. So what do you what do you feel that she's brought to you? It, it was. And I think what Gigi taught, not just myself, but my family, and something I can pass on to the people that I work with, is how, if you want to use, I, I don't want to use the word damaged, but how far off the spectrum of just being a household pet or, you know, a fulfilled, good, balanced dog, how far away she was from that. And, you know, 
at first I thought there's no way, you know, what are we going to do here? But you just don't give up and you keep working with them. And she taught us that every dog deserves a chance and it doesn't happen overnight and you have to have patience. And the more you put into a dog, the more you get out of a dog. And I don't mean that in a way that by training them, you know, they can go fetch your paper, you know, the old traditional, you know, training your dog thing. But the more balanced and fulfilled that dog's life is, if you spend the time to work with them and build those different characteristics and it doesn't always happen um, overnight, it never happens overnight, Um, but it just, but it can happen, you know, and, you know, and she's, she taught me a lot of how to work with other dogs that have come in um, that we care for. And people are just, you know, they're like, I never thought I'd see this day where my dog is out there with other dogs Mm. having fun, you know, so that's that's probably the most rewarding thing about what we do. So tell us about your journey from being a dog lover to actually starting a dog-related business. <laughs> um, it's a very long story, and I'm very fortunate. Uh, I, I worked for a company for about 30 years, um, and the gentleman that owned the company still is to this day just one of the greatest guys that anyone could meet. And um, after having the business for quite a long time, it was time to sell the business and move on. And, um, you know, there I was going, well, I've been with the business 30 years now. Now what's going to happen? He said, don't worry, we're going to do something that we enjoy. And um, we talked about it. And his son also was part of the company. And, um, you know, what better thing to do than to start something that you love. And, you know, that has been something, it's like a dream come true, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be part of that. And he did, he's basically started it for his son and myself to wow. um, to take and run, you know. And I tell that story to people and they, they, they don't believe it. They're like, come on, really? You know, that just doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, yeah. yeah. But uh, it's it's fantastic. We started with uh, one location over on the west side of town that did very well. And we opened our second location over uh, closer to the beach area, mm-hmm. um, which has been uh, very successful. Uh, of course, recently, everyone's had their hard times, but um, we stayed open the whole time. We felt that we owed it to the community. A lot of our clients are in the medical profession, first responders, and they needed some place to bring their dogs so they could do their job right. for the community. Very true. And so, yeah, it was uh, like everybody, it was tough, but, um, you know, you just keep in there and, um, you know, things are back on track and getting better and, you know, we couldn't be happier. Brian, tell us about your business, like the name of it and what you do, because I know that you do a lot with it. Yeah, it's Happy Hound Dog Resorts. Um, We've got, like I said, two locations um, in Jacksonville. We do daycare. um, We do overnight boarding, of course. The nice thing is we fulfill so many different needs working with the dogs um, that do need the extra care and attention. And we've also um, worked out quite a few different things with the local military uh, on an unofficial basis for long-term boardings. We've got dogs that need some place to go because service members are fortunate, you know, enough to have dogs. Mm -hmm. The only time I 
ever went without having a dog in my life was when I was in the military. Oh, really? Um, wow. Grew up with dogs, had them my whole life. Um, when I was in the military, it just wasn't something I could do. And as soon as I got out and uh, got married and got a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we could have dogs back in our lives again. Yeah. And have had one every day almost since then. Yeah. So, but um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. Um, you work with people that are happy to come through the door in the morning to see you and drop their dogs off. And then they're thrilled in the end of the day to come pick their dogs up. Yeah. And uh, it is, it's, you, you develop relationships with your clients that I never expected. I didn't know going into this, how much of a big part of people's lives that would be, we would become. Um, but we're taking care of the family. And so they have to trust you. And of course you build a relationship with someone that you trust that much. Again, that's the nice thing about being a smaller, you know, facility as we are, you do get to know the dogs personally. And you do know that when they come in, something's going on. We had a client and I really thought I stuck my foot in my mouth there for a, a couple seconds when she was telling me that the dog had been very protective over her recently and she didn't understand what was going on. I said, has there been anything that changed? How long have you been pregnant? She goes, I am. How did you know? You know, and I thought as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, oh, my God, I, you know, right. That kind of a relationship with the customer that it was safe to ask. Right. And she said, you're right. We just found out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I said, well, you know, Roxy probably knew before you did, you know, and her dog. Um, she just became much more protective over the, the wife. And, yeah. you know, it was um, something that, uh, yeah. you know, and then, you know, you, the same thing happens, you know, that, that emotional attachment. I found out earlier this week that they're moving out of the area. You know, and this is a dog that we've known and a family that we've known for, for a few years now. And so it's, you know, it's heartbreaking when they when they do move out of town and, you know, but they always promise to come back and visit when they come to see family. And they, they literally do. They come back to see huh. us. You know, it's just nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Thank you for being here and for sharing. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Emily. It's been a joy talking with you and uh, come by and see us. Yes, I will. I'll definitely have to do that. Yeah. Thanks. Do. It's too fun. All right. If you are in the Jacksonville, Florida area and would like to check out Brian's company, happyhounddogsresorts.com. Head there and you can learn about them and see some adorable pictures, by the way. You know we love that. Now on to some training that can really help you take some great pictures of your pups. Look at me. This command is really versatile. You can use it a lot of different ways. The one I mentioned earlier is for the holidays and for pictures in general. So what you want to do is have your dog sit and stay. So get that down, take the tree and put it pretty much like by your nose, you know, between your eyes and say, look at me with that treat there. And by the way, I would recommend you use a highly valuable reward, you know, treat to them. So once it's there between your eyes, by your nose, and they look at you, immediately praise them, say yes, give them the treat. And I would repeat it, you know, five to 10 times a day. If you do it a lot, the dog will pick up on it for sure. And especially with the holidays coming, you know, you might want to step it up like that. This is such a great thing to do. It can help in so many different ways. And especially when you're trying to train them at other times too. Because if they're distracted by something else, this is a great way to have them snap back and pay attention to you. It's a very simple thing. And this is a great stepping stone for many other ways to train your dog. 
I would even say that go ahead and have, of course, your other members of your family learn to do the same command with your dog as well. And even practice like having the dog sitting next to you and having someone else behind the camera, so to speak, behind their phone, probably go ahead and say, look at me. And if you are at a holiday situation where you have a family member that the dog doesn't usually see or a friend or something, I would even have them, you know, give it a try before they take the picture, you know, kind of show the dog that they have a treat. It'll be worth it if they sit down and pay attention and look at me, have them use that same command because the dog will know it. And there you go. You'll have a great picture. Again, I have that wonderful picture that I treasure of my Morgan and Maisie. They've they're they're long gone, aren't they? Three over three years ago I lost Maisie. Morgan was a few years before that. And I still have this beautiful picture that I can look at and it looks like they are looking at me because I had that command down for them. So I can't recommend it highly enough. I think you'll enjoy it. And it's not hard to teach. If you have any questions about how to teach it or any questions about any kind of training, send me an email, Emily at dogsarethebestfriends.com. I hope you enjoyed the stories from Brian, and I hope that you will share your stories with others. I think we need to remember that we're all human, and we have different stories and different backgrounds and different beliefs. And I love that about our world, about our country here in the United States, and I hope that we can focus on the good. There's a lot of good people in this world and a lot of good people in the U.S., and I just feel I need to emphasize that If we can be like our dogs and just go with the flow. And hey, if there's somebody that is kind of crazy, you know what dogs do? They just pretty much avoid them, don't they? And they go on to do their own thing. So I hope that we can just come together, remember the good, and focus on that. I'm so glad you're here, and I'm so glad that you're spending your time with me. Thank you. I wish you blessings and peace, dear people. My dear crazy for the canine people. We will make it. We'll get there. I'll see you next week with another great story.